0: Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier Counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press' Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher.
1: What's up everybody? Welcome back into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Episode 5 of Season 3. Week 4 is in the books of the high school football season in Southwest Florida. Week 5 coming up and we're here to talk about it. As always, I'm across the table from Mr. Adam Regan. Regan, how was Week 4? I covered two games. It was busy. So I got to see three good teams play, I think. Bishop
2: Robe, Ida Baker and Dunbar.
1: That's great. Hey, at the top of the episode though, I do have to start with an apology because I've been remiss in derelict in my duties. Every week, I always thank you. I never thank our producer Andrew Melendez. We are five weeks in, I, and she does all the hard work. She does actually the editing, the posting, and what's funny is one week you were on a vacation, and I thanked your replacement, Amanda Inscore, but I did not thank Andrea. So Andrew Melendez makes this all happen, so thank you, Andrea. You
2: guys don't think that this podcast gets edited by
1: itself, right? And we do. I do the easy part. I just sit here and talk like an idiot. I mean, <laughs> Andrea's actually true, true, like an doing the technology and, and posting it and everything, so... Let's go back to week four. We saw two good teams bounce back in Naples and Fort Myers. Dunbar had a big win. Baker looked good against them. Lehigh stood up to Charlotte but lost. Golden Gate looked good. These are things I'm just rattling off the top of my head. But what stood out the most to you, Mr. Regan?
2: I mean, I think we should go first to the game I actually covered on Thursday. I covered Baker and Dunbar. Like you said, Baker hung around a little bit. Um, They got some big plays. But Dunbar, that offense is looking pretty good. You know, usually defense is the staple over there with Sammy Brown's team, but this offense—they've uh, got some playmakers, and they got Davion Palmer who can deliver the ball to those playmakers, and he did just that
1: against Baker. Yeah, he went 18 of 20, which is crazy in high school for 195 yards, two touchdowns. That's what 10 yards per attempt. I mean, that's that's really solid for a young quarterback. I know he he was there last year, but coming up, but. As you said, Baker, I was impressed by them. You know, they went down two scores in the first half, but they showed some fight and they stuck around and, and made a respectable final score. What was it, 35 19? Is that right?
2: Uh, yeah. And Baker obviously needed to get it going against good competition because the big one is this week against North Fort Myers, the uh, best of the West type
1: game. Best of the West. And I mentioned at the top there the two teams that kind of bounced back to storied programs in Naples and Fort Myers, two teams that suffered early season losses were in day, or week one losses, their first game. Both were in danger of falling to 0-2, which is just a crime at both schools. But I was at Naples at Gulf Coast, and they came out and just looked impressive. They looked like Naples, not quite as dominant as their defense was. I should say their defense looked phenomenal. They gave up four yards of offense to a team in Gulf Coast that scored 44 points the week before.
2: And, Fisher, uh, you— let me in on this. Were teams burying Naples last week? They were just, you know, writing on their tombstone and stuff like that. Because you know, it's I, funny.
1: Golf Coast first-year head coach, Todd Nichols, who's been around Southwest Florida for a while, he kind of alluded to that. He's like, you know, we thought Naples was going to come in and not be Naples, and that didn't happen. He's, you know, maybe we didn't take him as seriously. But, no, they looked they looked just as good. They got a new quarterback. They put uh, Stanley Bryant in, son of— Stanley Bryant, who played quarterback at Naples before playing quarterback at Southern Illinois, who is now an assistant principal at Naples High School. But Dominic Ponder, I didn't even see him on the sidelines.
2: Interesting. Interesting. I I mean, did they run the veer? They did,
1: and Stanley looked very good. I mean— you know, week one, we talked about the fumbles. They fumbled nine times, Naples did, and a lot of them, you know, Coach said, it's obviously it's an an, an exchange issue, quarterback to running back, even though the quarterback and running back were around last year. But Stanley looked very good, and then a uh, another kid, Jackson Tuberville. We know about Dustin McGill. Jackson Tuberville looked good, and then Kendrick Raphael or Raphael? Kendrick, I forget which one it is right now, but he looked very good. Two rushing touchdowns. So two young backs that we hadn't seen before and then a young quarterback who um, was playing wide receiver in week one. Both looked very good. So I think
2: the rest of Collier County should probably heed uh, Coach Nichols' advice that Naples is Naples, yeah. and not to take them take them seriously. Ser- to take them seriously, I can't believe we're even talking about not
1: taking Naples seriously. Well, this goes to show you too just how good Palmetto Ridge can be. You know, even though I said they may not have looked their best, the offense, but it was against a very good. Naples defense, but Palmetto Ridge, remember, they won 38 to nothing in week one. So we'll see. They got a big game again this week. Anything else in Lee County that stood out to well, you? Well, you, you had Fort Myers bounce back against yep. South Fort
2: Myers. And I think South Fort Myers, I mean, you picked them last week. I mean, they are a very good team, and Fort Myers should be proud of beating them. Um, you had Carter Lane. You had, their quarterback. He had a bunch of wide open receivers. Amari Harvin had a decent game. Yeah, three look, touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> but not and, a ton of yards, yeah. Yeah. But uh I think for the most part, Fort Myers kept Nathan Caster, uh South Fort Myers big running back at bay at ninety two yards on, on six carries. I think you know South Fort Myers had to throw the ball a little bit more. But I mean to keep a guy like that who had what, two hundred and nine yards yeah. the week week before to ninety two yards under a hundred yards, that's a win in my book.
1: Definitely. Another team uh, that didn't win. I picked them to win, and they darn near did it. Lehigh. I was highly impressed by them to go up to Charlotte. Not an easy place to play, and they led with five minutes left. They took a lead 16-14 to on an 80-yard drive with five minutes left, capped by TD by the legend Richard Young, but then Charlotte comes back. They go up. Lehigh had the ball inside the red zone in the final minute, but they lost a fumble, so... I mean, that, that's a good test, and we're going to talk later about the playoffs, and Lehigh's in a crazy hard region, and Coach James Chaney told me yesterday, said this is why I schedule like I do. These games, like this back-and-forth, last-minute game against Charlotte, that's going to make them stronger for the playoffs. Yeah, there's a difference between Charlotte and St. Thomas Aquinas, though. Well, you, you just have to hope with the luck of the draw that you don't get St. Thomas Aquinas for quite some time.
2: And I think we should also talk about Bishop Rowe real quick. Uh, They played three-time defending champion, Shaman Abadana. Hung with them. It was a one-score game for most of the game. Shaman Abadana ends up coming out 21-6. But that Shaman Abadana team is tough. And Vero, they're hoping to see Shamanah madonna again late in the playoffs.
1: Well, it's what we've talked about all year with Bishop Vero, the, the scheduling. You know what, what was it in your article, in your preview? Like three of Vero's first four opponents this year went to the state semifinals last year. Is that right?
2: Yeah, and then you had Shamanah madonna who actually won it. So there you they, go. They beat Lakeland Christian who went to a state semifinal last year. And then they wow. lost to Tampa Jesuit who's always a tough team against Southwest Florida teams. And then you have Shamanah madonna who's just, you know a top 10 team in the state.
1: Very impressive. Going back down to Collier County, I want to give a shout-out to Golden Gate. They kind of went back to their uh, run-first, run-heavy offense and let their uh, big quarterback, Joaquin Acuna, kind of control that offense. He runs for four touchdowns and went over Immokalee. Immokalee, it's not looking great. They have Naples this week at Naples, so that's not going to be an easy one. They may be looking at 0-3. And, and then shout-out to the only 4-0 and team in all of Southwest Florida – the Community School of Naples, Seahawks. Now, let's be honest, Mr. Regan. The four teams CSN has beaten have a combined record of 1-13, and 13, so they're not uh, knocking off the heavyweights of the world. But, you know, you beat who's on your schedule, who's ahead of you. They got Oasis coming in, so CSN has a big chance to go 5-0. and 0.
2: I think that can only be a good thing if CSN is good in Collier County. I mean, like you said— I mean,
1: they had to work with a sk- the schedule that they were provided, and it's hard to schedule games when you're a, a private school. When you're a small school, yeah, you never know. You're hit or miss. But let, let's say CSN got Oasis this week. they could be 5-0. and o. After that, they got St. John Newman, big rivalry game. Canterbury, a state champion, and then First Baptist. Well, you know, there's one conference in their state, whatever. And then First Baptist, who obviously we think is the uh, class of small schools down here. So it gets, the schedule gets tougher, but CSN is winning the games they're supposed to win.
2: I think that'll wrap it up for this segment. When we come back, we're going to talk about the classifications that just got released and the playoff format, which is probably not like anything we've ever seen in Florida before. So
0: we'll be right back. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile device. Hello, everybody, and welcome
2: back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I'm back here again with Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News, and we had classifications released for football and a little bit changed, but No schools moved up or down. You had some Miami-Dade, Broward County schools opt out of the FHSA State Series, but uh, probably not the ones that our local Southwest Florida teams wanted them to. Fisher, you had the story yesterday. What were your takeaways from the classifications that were released yesterday?
1: First was that no teams moved up or down. The FHSAA tried to, and they did, they kept everyone in their own classification. And that was the worry because there are fewer teams, and the FHSAA took all the teams that opted into the playoffs, and they were going to divide them up into classifications. Well, there were enough teams that they could keep everyone in their own classification. So you didn't have a 7A school dropping down into 6A, or 5A had to move up to 6A, anything like that. So you got that. What, what I take away first is what we've talked about all year and we're finally starting to see how it's going to play out but every single team is going to be in the playoffs every single team every single team in class 6a you got 18 teams in that 6a4 district 13 of them are southwest florida schools and also charlotte and port charlotte were very good they moved down into that region so it's going to be bananas we're going to have just playoff games on top of playoff games come the first few weeks in november
2: so we were talking about this earlier we're going to have Playing games into playing games. That's correct. That's right. In
1: in a few classifications. That's right. Because the FHSAA has decided that the uh, regional quarterfinals are November 20th. They have to they have to be then because then you go semifinals, finals, state semifinals, championships. The championship dates are set. So that's the round of eight. So it means on November 13th you have to have maximum 16 teams playing in those playing games so you can get down to eight. By November 20th, however, in 6A Region 4 and then 5A Region 4, which has uh, you know some of those Cape Coral LaBelle schools, they have more than 16 teams in their region. So then November 6th, which was supposed to be the final week of the regular season, now becomes a play-in to get into the play-in games, and that's all done by blind draw. So who knows what it's going to look like. I mean, in theory, you could have Naples playing Miami Central on November 6th. I don't think it's going to work out that way. I think somehow the FHSAA will find a way to make their blind draw not do that. So it's going to be crazy.
2: And then you're going to have coin flips for who the home teams are, correct?
1: I I guess. I just know that it's a blind draw, that all these— Playoff schedules and who gets the buy, who doesn't, is going to be done by a blind draw. Now, I did have a couple coaches kind of say, you know, they don't know how blind this blind draw is going to be. There might be some fudging. I mean, if you're the FHSAA and you take a 40, 60% cut, whatever it is, when the playoff ticket sales, are you going to have a game being played at East Lee or are you going to have a game being played at, uh, you know, Edison Field at Fort Myers where they're going to have 2,000 people?
2: I can't believe we're having even having this conversation. The FHSA is beyond reproach. so clean I don't think that would ever happen
1: although I will say you are being sarcastic but the coaches I spoke to yesterday about their you know regions credited the FHSAA for kind of making the best out of what they can I mean let's be honest you can't really do seeding when teams are playing different numbers of games, when you're not allowed to play a harder schedule, because all the caller teams have to play all the Collier teams, basically. So you can't go out and strengthen your schedule, which boosts your RPI. And then you have teams from the uh, Miami area who haven't even started playing games yet, but they've said they're going to play in the playoffs, which brings us to the next point that there are some really good teams in the regions. Right, Regan?
2: Yeah, I would say that probably the one team that those 6A4 region teams didn't want to see in the playoffs. Miami Central.
1: Miami Central's there. So it was interesting. Just looking at my story after I wrote it, I kind of realized, and I put it back in there, of the four local regions, so there are four regions with Southwest Florida schools in them, five regions, I'm sorry, there are five regions. Four of them have a defending state champion in there from the Miami area. 6A has Miami Central. 5A has Miami Northwestern. 7A Goodness gracious, poor Lehigh! Saint Thomas Aquinas moves into the 7A region, which only has 12 teams, so a much larger chance that you draw one of those that that you draw Saint Thomas Aquinas in the first round. And then uh, 2A Region 4 is basically the exact same, but it still has um, Champagnat in there, who won the state championship last year.
2: I'm looking at this 7A 4 region. I mean, you you brought up Saint Thomas Aquinas. I mean. Bradenton Manatee too in there. And Venice. Venice,
1: Venice has won five straight regional championships. Like that's a heavy hitters. I mean that's that's tough. And I guess that, we'll see what Lehigh's made of this year. Well, you got Lehigh, you got Gulf Coast and Riverdale are all. I guess in we'll that. see what Lehigh's made of this year. Yeah. yeah, it's it's gonna be tough. What about you? Did anything else stand out to you? I mean, anything you're particularly looking forward to in there? Well,
2: I'm, I'm always looking to that six a four region that has you know a ton of our Southwest Florida teams. But, I mean, it's going to be tough. you got Charlotte in there now. They were up in that Region 3 last year, if you mm-hmm. remember. And now they're back down here with Port Charlotte. And you've got Miami Central. Uh, I mean, that's going to be really, really, really tough for someone to come out of there. And then the 5A district, but you've got Miami Northwestern, is a state champion. Yep. Plantation American Heritage is a top-10 right, team yeah. in the state. I mean, it's going to be hard to get out of there. If we're looking for a state championship, where where do you think the best place is to team challenge for that?
1: I, I mean, I guess it's got to be, well, maybe two-way, two-way four. I think First Baptist is very good. Not sure yet about uh, Newman, who's been very good the past few years. You know, we've only seen them twice. Uh, but that's a 10-team region, so maybe not as hard to get out of. I It mean, sounds terrible, but maybe if you're a local school, you're hoping those uh, COVID-19 numbers keep going up in Miami and that maybe these teams can't uh, play. Maybe they have to opt out of the playoffs come November. I would say the best team to get out of
2: a region is probably Bishop Verreau. I mean, I think they're, they're probably going to line up sure. against Clearwater Central Catholic. I mean, they beat Lakeland Christian already this year. They had to block a field goal to do it, though, yep. I think. But I think they have the best chance of getting out of their region, but then that'll probably set up a— Rematch with Shamanah Madonna. Who? Oh man, that was that was a tough game last week for Bishop Rowe. But even
1: to get out of the region would be big because the past two years they've gone to the regional finals. Bishop Rowe has before losing in in pretty good games. Um, and I should say that is the one region with local teams that does not contain a defending state champion. Uh, Bishop Rowe's three A Region three. However, it, it's very solid. I just said you got Clearwater Central Catholic, who Rowe lost to last year. Um, I just want to re reiterate how crazy this has got to be i mean i think you you asked me before we started the podcast you know what i think about this if i like it and i do i love it i mean come november 13th we're gonna have like 12 playoff games at least and that 6a region 4 we're gonna be we could see fort myers playing north fort myers we could see naples playing charlotte you could see baron collier playing palmetto ridge you could see uh port charlotte playing i don't know laylee something like that yeah yeah it's it's gonna be bananas um, and And you just kind of hope that the local teams they avoid Miami Central and uh, Bell and Jesuit
2: or maybe they want to play Miami Central just maybe get, maybe get that they, out of the way well, you know, to be the man you've got to beat the man
1: that 's true and uh, again, I, I mentioned James Cheney from Lehigh, who I talked to, and he 's like, you know honestly, I would be honored to play Saint Thomas Aquinas he goes that <laughs> that would be that. amazing uh just to see how our kids stack up now it, it'd probably be a guaranteed loss, no offense to the lightning there, but St Thomas Aquinas has kids from all over the country playing on their team.
2: I mean, the, James Chaney's an interesting guy. I mean, he this is the guy that you know wanted to go play Booker T. Washington last mm-hmm. year at at, at Traz Powell. Yeah, I mean, he's the one that wanted to play Lakeland Kathleen. He wants his teams to play the best competition. I, I think he thinks that they can he can they can compete with them. And I think this year in particular, maybe they can a little bit.
1: Uh, we'll see you know again you just want the draw you don't want to get aquinas or venice or maybe even manatee in the first round so that'll do it if you want more on the districts including which teams in which district go to naplesnews.com slash sports or news-press.com slash sports so we've got a lot of games to talk about normally we break those down in the second segment but we're going to take a break we're going to go to picks and we will break these games down and then pick the winners so come on back After the games each week,
0: go to naplesnews.com, news-press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest
1: Florida. Hey everybody, welcome back into everyone's favorite segment of the podcast, especially Mr. Adam William Regan. It's picks time. Why would you think that William is my middle name? It's just a just Is a that brand. your is that your middle name? It is not. I like to guess people's middle names and then just see the reaction when I'm right or wrong, normally wrong. However, let's get to the picks. So last week on the 10 games we picked, we differed on 3. Adam Regan got all 3 of them right. He chose Island Coast over Mariner, Fort Myers over South Fort Myers, and Charlotte over Lehigh, giving Adam Joseph Regan a wrong. 10 and 0 week last week. I went 7-3, and three, which is respectable. However, I did lose my one-game lead. Adam Regan, 28-4 and four on the season. Adam Fisher, 26-6 and six on the season. Are you worried, Adam, that you just started too early? You started sprinting too hard, and you're going to fade, fade towards the finish.
2: Just like last year. Just like just last, last year.
1: Last year, <laughs> a 16-game lead. <laughs> when you kept going. I put
2: it on you. Kept putting it on
1: you. So well, let's get into it. we got some really big ones to pick this week, and I think the toughest one to choose, Lehigh, at cypress lake it's a thursday night showdown it's probably going to be better in fact i will guarantee it will be a better game than the uh thursday night nfl game this week broncos and jets (laughs) tell me about it man what uh what what do you think and these are two teams that i mean cypress lake has looked good they maybe have not played the most tough opponents lehigh took a loss last week but against a really good charlotte team and it's at cypress lake giving them a, a little bit of an edge it could go either way This is two teams that
2: won their first district title in over 20 years last year. Lehigh, it's finally all coming together. Cypress Lake, Richie Road is building something over there that's pretty special. He wants to be one of the top teams in Lee County consistently every year. Well, guess what? It would would go a long way in doing that if you beat Lehigh this week. You did mention that Cypress Lake played Bonita Springs and Cape Coral, not the greatest of competition, put up over 100 points, though. Hmm. And then you had Lehigh, who lost a close one, at the Fishbowl, which it's a tough place to play. Aquarium. That is the reason I'm going to go with Lehigh this week. I say they win by 10.
1: Yeah, I think Lehigh has the more overall talent. In fact, I know they do. Lehigh has more talent than most teams in this area when you're talking just individual kids. I agree. I'm going to take Lehigh, but I think it will be a little bit closer. I think it will be a one-score game. The marquee matchup in Collier County lately at Palmetto Ridge, Palmetto Ridge, both these teams were off last week after winning their first game a couple weeks ago. Palmetto Ridge still riding high off that big 38 to nothing win over Naples, the first time Palmetto Ridge has ever beaten Naples in football. Laley struggled towards the end a bit in a win over Golden Gate. They held on to win by one score. laley has got a good defense. Palmetto Ridge has a good offense. How do you see this playing out, Regan?
2: Well, it's at Palmetto Ridge, and I think that's extremely important. I still think that they're riding the momentum over Naples. I think that this is the best team they've probably ever had, and they've had some pretty decent teams under Chris Tokenen. Lately, uh, they played a real close game with Golden Gate. I'm going to go with Palmetto Ridge, and I don't think it's going to be as close as you think it's going to be.
1: Well, I think having two weeks to prepare gives Laley um, a, a little ed- added bonus to get that defense prepared. Did Palmetto
2: Ridge, did they have two weeks to prepare? They did. They did uh, yeah.
1: And, you know, what's funny is after they beat Naples, and I, I mentioned this to, to you guys, the listeners, that Palmetto Ridge did not look to be on its A game offensively. Chris Tokenin, their coach, admitted the same. He says they're glad they were off last week to kind of correct some mistakes. So you could see an even more, be- more dangerous Palmetto Ridge offense.
2: Isn't that coaching cliche that you see the biggest improvement from – Game one to game, game two. two we saw well, it. game one was a thirty-eight to nothing win <laughs> over, over Naples. <laughs> so an improvement on that—that uh, that doesn't s- me—that doesn't mean good
1: news for Lately. Yeah, I'm taking Palmetto Ridge as well. Let's go to another big game in Collier County: the Catfish Bowl, Golf Coast at Baron Collier. Haven't seen a lot of Baron Collier just yet. They were off last week. The week before, they beat Bonita Springs second-year varsity program. Bonita Springs hung with them, but Baron Collier pulled away in the end. Gulf Coast looked really good in their first game, 44-6 to against Immokalee, although we know Immokalee may not be what Immokalee once was, and then a 41 to nothing loss to Naples in which they uh, ran for, not ran for, they totaled four yards. What? In four quarters, 48 minutes of football, and there was a running clock in the fourth quarter, but four yards of offense for the Gulf Coast Sharks.
2: Are you telling me that I could walk? across Andrea Melendez's living room right now and get more yards than <laughs> you Coast could, but you also Amos. wouldn't be
1: doing it against the Naples High defense, which is what the Coast Naples to do. High defense. But uh,
2: yeah, it was disappointing to see that score last week for Gulf Coast because I think under Coach Nichols, they, they're a team that's building. I really like Connor Barrett, their quarterback. I have no idea what happened last week, but I would expect a better showing against a Baron Collier team who you said we haven't really seen much of, and I think Mark Jackson likes it that way. I think he likes that no one is talking about Baron Collier. you got Palmetto Ridge, Laley, People are obviously still talking about Naples. I think Mark Jackson likes lying in the weeds. I think no one's talking about them. Nobody really thinks they matter, and I think that's the best possible situation for the
1: Cougars. They're definitely flying under the radar, and uh, Mark Jackson likes it that way. I don't know what to expect from Baron Collier, really, because we just saw him in that one game. Dylan McNamara, their quarterback, and they got another guy named Dylan Rod, who they've moved in at quarterback in and out. A lot of new guys there on that offense. However, playing at home, having the week to rest, as you said, Adam, biggest improvement from week one to week two. I look for a stronger Baron Collier team. I will take the Cats in the Catfish Bowl. I will take Baron Collier as well. Let's go to an intra-county showdown. Golden Gate at Riverdale. Golden Gate got on the winning uh, side of things last week. Riverdale did as well, correct?
2: They did. They beat Cape Coral 17 to 12, which a win is a win, but you know, Cape Coral's really struggling right now. I saw Riverdale in week 3 and they played Southport Myers. It didn't turn out very well. It was a forty-three to eight loss. However, I did like what I saw from Anthony Baxter, their quarterback, running back, whatever you want to call him in that offense that Riverdale wins. They're, you know, all those guys are interchangeable. He had a pretty good week against Cape Coral. I think that they can continue to improve. That being said, Golden Gate's on the come up. I will take the Titans.
1: Yeah, Gate man, they got back to what they do well, which is just letting Joaquin Acuna just go crazy. on, And he's a big, solid kid. I mean, he's a soccer player, so he's got those strong legs. What
2: position do you play on soccer?
1: I don't know. Is he a defender? I think he's a forward. He scores a lot of goals. Listen, this is, this is a football podcast, Regan. Don't be asking me soccer questions because you're going to r- reveal my ignorance of the beautiful game that I have to cover but I don't know crap about. So I believe he's a forward because he scores a lot. Okay. <laughs> but he's a good quarterback as well, especially when he's running last week. He ran for four touchdowns. I think he'll have another good game. And I also will take golden gate. Call me crazy that I thought maybe you knew what position he played. You know, you would think so since I interviewed him many a time and he was a finalist for soccer player of the year, but you know, sometimes golden gate, that's soccer country, baby. I've uh, seen golden gate. Listen. They're a good team. I mean, they, they
2: contend with Mariner and Cape Coral. I, rem- I remember covering a They play every year. Pretty tough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very good soccer school. So, uh, two other schools that are maybe good soccer schools. I don't know if that's a good transition, but maybe won't be a good football game. Immokalee at Naples, you know, we talk about it because it, it is the preeminent rivalry in Collier County. has not been that great in years past. Immokalee hasn't won since 2013. Immokalee, they're looking young. They had a freshman at quarterback, recently made a change. Naples obviously got back on the uh, right path last week. You know, any chance you're taking the Indians?
2: Zero point zero percent chance that I'm
1: taking the Indians, but it, does that mean there's a zero point zero chance that they win? Zero point zero chance that you're taking the Indians, but is there oh, any there's kind a, of percentage? There's,
2: there's always a chance, you know. I mean, Naples is at home, so I can't really say that their bus isn't going to show up at a mockery. But right. I mean, you know, anything can happen, you know.
1: So who Great. are you taking? I'm trying
2: to convince myself, but I'm still taking Naples. Yeah,
1: I'll take Naples too. Um, yeah, they'll move to two and one. Let's go to Astero at Island Coast, a game that, hey, let's be honest, I don't know a ton about. Uh, why don't you tell me what I need to know about this game?
2: Well, you have Island Coast. It's coming off a win last week, a big win against a city rival in Mariner. You had Island Isaiah Davis, a backup quarterback for Island Coast, leave, lead a late fourth quarter drive and score with 38 seconds to give Elgin Hicks, a former Charlotte assistant, by the way, under Bill Binky Waldrop, his first win as a head coach. And then you have Estero. Man, they're still smarting from that close, close loss to LaBelle a couple weeks tough. ago. Yeah, I thought they really had that game. And these are where the games really start to get tough, I think. And I'm going to go with Island Coast purely because they're at home, but I would not be surprised
1: if Darren Nelson's boys pull off this win on the road. See, this is where I get myself in trouble and why I end up losing at the end of the season by 16 games to Adam Regan because I don't want to pick the exact same... Teams, as well, you
2: then then pick first.
1: But I, I want it to be interesting. I'm afraid if I pick first, you don't have the same mindset as me. You're not gonna pick oh, against me yeah. just to pick against me. Just to how be do you contrarian. think I win
2: all the time? That's I know true. to pick. You win the, I, I make I, stupid picks. No, I know to pick <laughs> the opposite of you.
1: <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, I think estera has a puncher's chance, and I think estera could win this game. So I want to pick them just to be different from Adam and to try to make up some ground and to make it interesting for the listeners. However, if you were to ask me straight up, I would say Island Coast. So I'm not going to get myself in trouble. I am going to take Island Coast. And that's awful coming from a guy who lives in Estero. Yeah, I live like right down the road. I'm I'm moving closer to Estero High School as we speak. So it's a wildcat country. Come, Come at me, guys. So another one that could be good, Mariner going all the way out to LaBelle. LaBelle lost last week. Mariner lost last week, although Mariner's was a little bit closer than LaBelle's loss. I don't know. Can the Cowboys win this one at home?
2: Cowboys lost last week at home pretty bad Absolutely. to to Lemon Bay. That's Cowboy Country. I mean, they don't like losing over there. And then you got Mariner who you know, I think that one smarted last week against Island Coast. I think they thought, you know, that that was the game where they started to turn it around. They lost 25 to 3 to Baker the week before playing Island Coast. Man, I don't know. I don't know about this one. I, I'm going to go purely LaBelle because of Jalen Gallegos. Uh, you know, he's a pretty good running back over there. They got a pretty good offensive line, but Mariners that physical bunch. But
1: uh, I will take the Cowboys. So I picked Mariner last week and they lost, and so I lost a game to Regan. But you know what? They're going to do me good. I'm going to take the Tritons in this one. I will take a Mariner in this one to win at LaBelle. Another close one. I think this. I think this is like a low key, really good game. Cape Coral at Bonita Springs on a Thursday night. Another good Thursday night game. Bonita Springs, do they get their first varsity win on the field? Remember last year they had one win, but it was uh, via forfeit. Cape Coral has been giving up some points. Bonita Springs has been scoring some points. They've had two straight games where they've hung with very good opponents. Cypress Lake and Baron Collier, what do you think?
2: Are you going to go first on this one?
1: Uh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do it. Bonita Springs, my boys, my guys, the Bull Sharks, you're getting a victory. You're beating Cape Coral. So do you know my you know my rule? If if
2: a team has never done anything, they have to prove <laughs> it to me first. And I think in particular, Bonita Springs head coach Rich Dombrowski would appreciate my viewpoint on not giving anything to a
1: team that's yeah, never done anything. He doesn't before. want things that they're undeserved for sure. Yeah,
2: until Benita Springs wins a game, I'm picking against them. That means I'm going with Dale Moore and the
1: Seahawks. By the way, is Benita Springs ever going to play on the road? Isn't this their third straight home game? They play a lot of games at home. That, that's I mean, crazy. it's that's good for them,
2: and it's a brand. I mean, it's a brand new it's place. Beautiful. I like yeah. it. I see it from 75. The The highway. <laughs> see from the highway. Nice. It's, it's gorgeous. Lee Health Field
1: or yeah, whatever it's yeah. called. All right, so there's our second uh, variance. Now I saved the best two for last. North Fort Myers at Ida Baker may not be as close as we think. You know, Baker, as I said earlier, I was impressed with them against Dunbar, although they did trail the entire way against a very good Dunbar team. I thought they showed some fight um, in closing the gap and making it a respectable score. North Fort Myers, another strong offensive team coming into Baker. I'll let you pick first, but I think we're going to be the same on this one.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to be the same on this one. And as I said earlier, this is the best of the West game. Ida Baker—they won the city championship last year uh, in Cape Coral, beating all the other Cape Coral schools, but they did not beat North Fort Myers. And North Fort Myers head coach Dwayne Mack takes this game very seriously. He was a an assistant at Ida Baker. He wants to be the premier school in Lee County's West Zone. So when School choice is going on, and all the football players are deciding
1: which school in the West Zone they want to go to. He wants them to go to North Fort Myers and not Ida Baker. I was just about to say how silly that sounds, to be the best team in a West Zone. But then you put it in perspective, like a great reporter that you are, because it makes a difference, because there is school of choice in Lee County, and kids can basically go to whatever school they want within their zone.
2: North Fort Myers wants to be the best team in the West Zone, and it's been a little bit of an arms race there. Chuck sat at Ida Baker, he's a state championship winning coach in Texas. Yeah. And they recently got new uniforms, Jordan Brand. Kids love that. Jordan, that,
1: great football player. Great football player, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I mean, Jordan Brand. They got the Jordan Brand uniforms. The kids want to play, look good, play good. Well, North Fort Myers uh, renovates the Ron Hoover Field House, mm. and it is a palace. I mean, it's comparable to some small Division One schools. I mean, they've got you know six TVs in there, Xboxes and kids want to hang out there on Saturday and watch college football, go to North Fort Myers. So it's a little bit of an arms race, but I think what makes all the difference is what happens on the field, and I think North Fort Myers is going to beat of Baker this year.
1: I agree. Just a little bit more talent there, more more weapons, so to speak. And one of the oldest, probably the oldest rivalry in Southwest Florida when we're talking about our teams in this area, Charlotte at Fort Myers, potential playoff preview Man, this it, it, it's, is always a good one, the 41 rivalry, whatever they call it. What, what's it called there?
2: Team the Team Emmy rivalry. There you
1: go. Sure, sure. What, what yeah. are you thinking? you think uh, Fort Myers can – I mean, Charlotte's undefeated.
2: It's going to be such a weird game with Sam Siriani Jr. standing on the sideline and not looking across right. at his good friend, Binky Waldrup, who retired – Along with obviously Bill Kramer retired. Yeah, I was gonna say those those over, are the- over at Naples, so Sam Sirian is the last of the old guard there. It's tough to pick against Fort Myers high at Edison Stadium. You should never do it. Fisher did it last week and he got burned yeah. big time. However, there is an exception to every rule, and I think I'm gonna go with Charlotte at Fort uh, Charlotte to beat Fort Myers at Edison Stadium.
1: Yeah, this is so tough. Charlotte has just looked better. They're obviously undefeated. They had a very good comeback win against Lehigh last week. Fort Myers is 1-1. and The the one win, you know, it was okay. They didn't blow anybody away. You know, didn't knock my socks off. Fort Myers is at home, but I, I think Charlotte is the better team. So I think I'm going to take Charlotte. And there you have it. That's the 10 games. We were able to break them down maybe a little bit more this week. Hey, remember, we got games on Thursday this week. We got games on Friday. Stay tuned to NaplesNews.com slash sports for uh, all the updates. Same with News-Press.com slash sports for live scoreboards Thursday and Friday. Videos, everything else. Adam Regan, anything else you want to add? No, I'm looking forward to a good week of football starting with that Lehigh-Cypress Lake game. I'm very interested
2: to see how that one comes out.
1: Well, stick with us. And as always, follow us on Twitter. And if you see Andrew Melendez out shooting photos, tell her thanks for producing the podcast. We'll talk to you next week.
0: Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida football podcast will be available for download to get you ready for the coming week's games.